Father God, we love you today. We love you today. God, we want to say that we love you. And we love you, God, because you first loved us. We're so thankful, God, that you made the first move. That when we were running from you, fast, furious, running far, that you stayed on us. You stayed after us. And Lord, it truly is your goodness that leads us to repentance. That story of the prodigal son is really a story of the incredible father who had patience and had a lot of patience, but his patience was small in comparison to his love. Lord, you love us like that. And so we've gathered here today, Lord Jesus, to hear your word, to become more like you. We've gathered here today to worship you in spirit and in truth. And we've gathered here today to lift up one name, only one name. And that is the name of Jesus. So at every campus, at every church today in the world that proclaims the name of Jesus, we gather as your body of believers to lift up the name that's above every name. That at that name, one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are who you said you are. That you're King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We give you all honor and glory and praise today. I pray now that you would open our ears. I pray you'd open our minds. I pray you'd open our hearts so that we may be able to receive what you have to serve today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. So glad that you guys are here today. I was informed as I came in that the parking lot is full. Parking lot is full. I like that. Don't ever be someone that's, that, that tells on themselves. Don't ever be, you know, like sometimes, like, you know, like we can all mess up, but you don't want to tell on yourself. You know what I'm talking about? Like you ever told on yourself, then you realize when you're saying something, you realize they didn't know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Um, don't ever tell on yourself and let someone know by saying something like, well, man, I just, you know, I just don't like big churches. You know, um, Jesus died so the church would be big. Sometimes I hear Christians and they say, well, I left that church. And, and then what they'll say is, and I left that church 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 and boom, boom, boom. And basically they were all too big. And um, I just like something small, you know, just like something small. And I grew up in a small church. There's nothing wrong with small churches and big churches, not necessarily better than small churches, but a, a live church is always better than a dead church. Amen. Amen. And if God is moving and working, the church will not stay small long. And trust me when I say Satan loves a small dead church. And that's not us. And uh, that never will be by God's grace and glory. We want to continue to reach people. And we don't want to just fill a lot. We're in the business of dreaming God-sized dreams. We want to fill lots. Lots and lots and lots of lots. That's what we want to fill. So we just want to. Just, uh, I don't know, just on my heart to share that. Go to Philippians 1.6. We, we've been in this series called Measure Up. And we've talked about how that always tries to um, make us feel like we don't measure up, right? Like, isn't that crazy? Like, Steph and I went shopping Friday. And um, how many ladies like to shop? Do you like to shop? How many men you drop? Well, they shop. Any men out there like that? You're looking for a seat. You know, comfortable is even better, but you, you know, you, you, you know, you could be there for a couple of hours, you know, and, uh, you know, so anyways, I had the privilege. I love Stephanie. I love shopping with Stephanie. And, um, so we're looking at shoes and Dillard's and man, we've got, I kid you not probably what, eight, 10 boxes. We got shoes. We're trying on shoes and, you know, and, you know, and guys, we know how we are, right? Like we're not 
better than, and they don't have to measure up. But guys, we come in, we try on, we conquer, we leave, right? Like, but ladies just love it. It's like tea. It's just like tea, you know? It's just the slower, the better, you know? The, the more they can just sip, and what do you call that? The, you know, and they just take their, and they love it. And it's fun, it's fun. And I, it was fun for me. Just be with Steph and try on all these shoes and the shop. And I'm bringing her more. I'm, hey, babe, have you seen these? In fact, her shoes today, I picked out. I'm not trying to brag, but I just picked them out. And I said, baby, put these on. You're going to like these things. You're going to look great in them. These were made for your beauty. Put these on right here. And so, so I, I like that. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I love being with my wife. I love having time with her. Time with her is what it's all about. Are you with me? That's what it's all about. When I, I lose the mic, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this is going. I'm, I'm trying one of these today, so y'all pray for me. We'll see if it works. Um, so when I look, we're in Philippians. When I think about this series that we've been on, Measure Up, you know, it's so easy to try to measure up. We try to measure up with him, with them, with her, with them, you know, new friends, maybe got neighbors. You're constantly trying to measure up. If you're in high school, you try to measure up, right? Maybe, maybe for you as an adult, high school was one sentence. You don't measure up. And then you got out of high school and realized, whew, that's over. That was high school. That was rough. But, but it's okay, you know, and, and um, life goes on. Maybe you're here today and you're kind of struggling because you feel like, man, I, I, I'm struggling trying to fit in. I'm trying to measure up to what people want me to be. Or maybe you're even struggling with yourself. Maybe you're down on yourself. Maybe there's something called negative self-talk that goes on in your mind constantly a lot. It's a voice. Not only does the devil like to discourage you, but sometimes you discourage you because you're not where you thought you would be. And your mentality is just a little negative about yourself. And if you're not careful... You can speak negative. You can talk to yourself negative. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay, so you lock your keys in the door and you call yourself a name. You do this, you know, and, and don't, don't go there. Don't go there. And, and so we talk about being picture perfect. No one's perfect. Here we say it at Momentum Church, no perfect people allowed. Because we don't like perfect people because they really ain't perfect. But if they think they're perfect but they're really not perfect, that's not going to be a perfect situation. And so we encourage people that aren't perfect but think they're perfect but we all know they're not perfect we encourage those kind of perfect people to go somewhere else because we're not perfect we don't want them to mess us up and so god is the only one who's perfect and he sent his son jesus who's perfect and he who knew no sin became our sin so one day we could be made perfect can i get an amen amen, amen. i like your feedback y'all make me preach better so Paul writes to the Christians in Philippi, and he has a word for them. He writes just a few, uh, just a few chapters, and in the chapters that he he is writing, he starts off with chapter one, verse six, and he has an incredible verse, incredible, incredible verse. Would you stand out of respect for the word of God? I want to read it. I want to read it. It might be this pack. It might even be this pack. So. Philippians 1.6, here's what Paul says, and I am certain. I like to be certain about things, don't you? I don't like to be wrong. I like it when I know that I'm right. Anyone else out there like that? Right? That's right. You know what I'm talking about. You went to buy that new car, and you were certain you could get it for a lower price. And maybe, maybe the salesman wasn't certain, but you were certain about it. And you walked out with that vehicle. You walked out with that boat. You bought that home, and you got it at the price you were certain about. I like to be certain about some things. Now, there's a lot of things I'm not certain about. And the truth is that I'm certain that I will never always be certain about everything. Are you with me? I'm not trying to lose you. Are you with me? Okay. So last gathering, we had a great gathering. It's phenomenal. God has a word for you. And I'm just thinking Satan may try to, try to get in here and mess things up. Because he doesn't want what God has for you today. And so just know, I'm okay. I'm okay. If the screens go off, I'm okay. Jesus is going to have his way. If the mic don't work, I got a loud mouth. I'm okay. So just know that your pastor's okay. I'm not sweating it. I'm feeling cool like the other side of the pillow. It's all good. It's all good. I am certain that God who began the good work within you. God begins the good work. And he does it within us. 
And Paul said, I am certain that God who began a good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Here's my message in a sentence. God, God, God is still working on me. God is still working on me. Turn to someone next to you look, and let them know God is still working on me. Now look at that same person and say, I'm pretty sure he's still working on you too. Because God not been talking and God was telling me he still got some stuff he's trying to change about you. But God's still working on me. But we all know God's still working on you. Isn't that how we live sometimes? Right? Like we know we got junk, you know, like a little bit. But you got a lot. That's kind of how we think sometimes. God's still working on me. Please remain standing. I want to give you a few hot points. And then we'll be seated in the presence of the Lord. God's still working on me. Here's what I noticed from this verse, which is our text. It really sets the tone for today. Number one, I noticed God began the good work. God began the good work. I didn't begin the good work. You didn't begin the good work. God began the good work. That's called salvation. When you pray and you receive Jesus to come into your life and make you new, that is the good work. And he began it. He began it a long time ago on Calvary when the devil laughed when he died, but then the devil cried when he arose. Jesus began the good work. That's called salvation. But I noticed from God will continue his good work. God will continue. God will continue his good work. I'm thankful that God doesn't stop what he starts until he's finished. I'm thankful that God is an ADD. You ever done that? You're like, man, we're going to do this. We're going to go over here. And then you're like, squirrel. Look at that squirrel. Isn't that a nice squirrel? Look at that squirrel. And you're just distracted. No, not God. God always finishes what he starts. And that's good news because God's still, say it with me, God's still working on me. So God will continue his good work. That's called sanctification. So salvation is when he started it. The process is called sanctification. Sanctification is that God sets you and me apart and he sets us apart for a special work. He sets us aside. Because he's got special plans for us, a purpose. We'll talk about it later. So sanctification is the process. That's why you laugh. That's why we all laugh when we turn and said, we know God's still working on you, right? Because God is still working on us. And that process is sanctification. But not only does God begin the good work, not only does God continue his good work, but God will finish, or one translation says, perfect it. God will perfect his good work. That is called glorification. That's when we get to heaven. And so I'm excited about that. Here's a few quick things. Number one, we didn't start the good work. Number two, it's his good work. Number three, God has not left the good work in our hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his He's got a you and me. No, we'll stop it right there. If God has got the whole world in his hands, you can rest assured you're in his hands. I can rest assured I'm in his hands. That's good news because God has not left it in my hand. I was chosen. A friend of ours, this will give you God chills. A friend of ours is currently in Jerusalem. She used to be a Muslim. She got saved right here in this house. She got saved. And she is in Jerusalem worshiping Jesus today as we speak. She's worshiping him. She had someone come up to her who's a Jew and said, start talking about the election. Stay in the spirit. Don't get in the flesh. No matter who you voted for. And she said, just for the record, I don't know if you people know in America, but Donald Trump was chosen for such a time as this. You may think differently, and that's okay. We love everybody. But that lady said he was chosen. He was chosen for such a time as this. You're chosen for such a time as this. Somebody 
is working within us. That's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is working in me. When I get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in me, and I become his temple. That's why I want to take care of the temple. It's why I train the temple. It's why I want to live well. I want to live with wisdom. Is because this is his temple, is the Holy Spirit of God. God, as I said already, he finishes what he starts. But I noticed from one verse, Philippians 1, 6, what a lot we've got out of it. I noticed Jesus is coming back. You better get ready. People get ready. Jesus is coming back. And if you need more, we can talk about that some more sometime. Jesus is coming back. I think God's people ought to get excited there. Y'all can be seated. So I'm really pumped about the message today. Ray, can you move this off to the side? I'm done with that now. Thank you. That way everybody can see. Give it up for Ray. A man of many talents right there. Vanessa's pregnant. When's her due date? March 21st? March 18th. March 18th. That's right. I'm so excited, man. That's a game changer. They're doing a great job with the crew, man. I got to go there Wednesday night. That place was packed. You can't find a parking space. I'm telling you, man, you just can't find a parking space in that place anymore. In fact, there's a church right next to it. My, my buddy, Robert Pooley, is kind enough to allow us to park in their church parking lot because crew is growing. Jesus is doing some big things within our students. Aren't you excited about that? I'm jacked up. Let me, let me, turn, this, let me turn this puppy on here. Well, I'm excited today because today I want to talk to you about the potter and I want to talk to you about the clay. And I want to talk to you about the spin. You've heard of the no spin zone, uh, maybe. I've heard it in sports. I've heard it in politics. This is the spin zone. That's where we're going today. We're going to talk about three things. The potter, say it with me. The potter, the clay, the spin zone. The potter, the clay, say it with me, Navar. the spin zone. Awesome. I love it. I love it, I love it. There's a couple different passages of Scripture where God speaks to us about a potter. And he speaks to us about clay. In Jeremiah, we have the potter's perspective. We'll read it in a moment where we get to see how the potter thinks. But I kind of identify with Isaiah. Isaiah, the book right before Jeremiah. I identify with Isaiah, one of God's prophets, because I'm the clay. I'm the clay. And, And he speaks... From not the potter's perspective, but the clay's perspective. And I think you and I will both be able to relate. The potter, make no mistake, the potter is God. The potter is God. God is the potter. The clay is I'm the clay. I'm the clay. You're the clay. We're the clay. We're the clay. Say it with me. Say, I'm the clay. Ready? Here we go. I'm the clay. But you got to put a little swag into it. We got to have fun. We're in church. So say it like, I'm the clay. I'm the clay. I'm the clay. But he's the potter. But I'm the clay. Make no mistake. I'm the clay. And you're the clay too. And that ought to get you really excited because you're in his hands. You're in his hands. In other words, in other words God has his hands on you. That's what God is in the, you want to know God's will? God's will is you becoming more like him. That's what God does. Let's read Jeremiah 18, 1 through 10. Here's the potter's perspective. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. Thank God for a God who gives another message. If you're a preacher, you say amen because you constantly need a message. And if you're tuned in, you're going to have a fresh message because God always has a message for his people. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop. Now, listen, that doesn't sound like God's will for my life. Go down. No, I want to go up. I want Lord to bless me. I want to be successful. Sometimes it's God's will for you and me to go down. And here's why. Because when you're willing to go down, God is always willing to lift you up. God opposes the proud. That's the people don't ever want to go down. And by the way, it's not always on the up and up. How many know that? You own a business. You know things aren't always on the up and up. But you stay positive, 
And you know that your words create your world. So you stay in a healthy mindset and a healthy uh, frame of mind. And you speak positive things. Even when the business looks like it's tanking, you know that the nose of the plane is the attitude. And if the nose is down, the plane's going down. But if the attitude or the nose of the plane is up, the plane's going up. So we're going to keep it up. Things aren't always perfect. We know that in our homes. We can love each other. We can love each other. We can have an anniversary and fight the next day. You can take a beautiful married couple that I, I meet with, any, anyone I ever marry. I, I meet with them several times because I believe the wedding day is awesome, but the marriage is more important. Wanna, just want to turn on the spin zone right there because marriage is the spin zone. That's right. That's where it gets real. And I sit there with a couple, and they're like, oh. And they're just in love with each other, you know. And I'm like, trust me. We work through the love languages. And I talk about there are going to be some days it's going to be hard to love him. It's going to be hard. To, and they look at each other like, not you, baby. Not you. And then I, I, love, I love to call them. I love to call them after that honeymoon. I said, hey, man, come on. Be real with your pastor. Did y'all have a fight yet? He like, day one we had a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had a fight day one. Uh-huh. Welcome to the spin zone. It's real. It is real. It's real. Listen. It's not always on the up and up. And if you're a Christian, it's not always going to be on the up and up. We'll talk about the spin zone in a bit. But it's going to get real. So don't walk away from God because God's the potter and we're the clay. And he says, go down to the potter shop and I'll speak to you there. By the way, do you know that God wants to speak to you? Listen to me today, church. God doesn't want you to come and hear a word, hear a message from Pastor Tim. And that be the only message you get from God all week. God wants you to open up his word and to feed, man. Listen, we're finishing a 21-day fast. I'm looking at my friends in our community group, and I asked one of them, Jeremy, this morning. I was like, buddy, what's the first place you're going to eat at? You know, and his eyes just, you know, like, been fasting, doing a Daniel fast, no meat, no sweets, no bread. That's like all I like to eat. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm just talking about. Like, wait, and man, we're going to, I'm thinking maybe cheeseburger. I'm thinking this. I'm thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, God wants you to come to him hungry to say, Lord, here am I. Speak to me. So if you're just getting your God fix on Sunday morning, then I would say very politely, and I love you, but I'd say you're following Jesus afar off. Jesus wants you close. We're going to talk about it here today. So Jeremiah says, so I did as he told me. Someone say obedience. Obedience. Say obedience, Navar. And see, I love that because then Gulf Breeze does it too. See, we're with you. One house, many rooms. I love it. Here we go. So I did as he told me. That's obedience. What does obedience bring? Blessing. Blessings. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his will. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay. Again. Again. And he started over. He started over. God knows how to start over. Do you know that? God knows how to start over. And if God is the potter, you and I have said, what are we? I'm going to try to hit this right in the middle. Oh, yeah. That was perfect. I'm really proud of myself. Last time I did it on the side. That's the worst thing you can do. That was, you're going to like this, Stephanie, in a minute. You're going to be proud of me in a minute when you see this. So, So he drops it. Like a lump of clay, he crushes it and he starts over. Then the Lord gave me this message, O Israel, can I not do to you as the potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I planned. And I just want to say, I think that's where America is today. Whether you voted for Donald Trump or not, I'm not scared to talk about it, be honest with you. Whether you voted for him or not, I love the fact that he's putting God back in the picture. I'll say amen. 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 I like the fact that he's pro-Israel. I like the fact that he cares about the greatest tragedy in our world today. And that is the annihilation of Christians worldwide. There's more persecution today in our cool 20 hip present 2017 than there ever was in Jesus' day, than there ever was in Nero's day. And I like the fact that God's kind of starting coming back in the picture a little bit. I like that a lot. And God says, I do what I want. It's my nation. It's my nation. By the way, if you just got offended, 
Bible says if you love God's word, you won't be offended. So you don't have to stay offended. That's the good news. You can confess it right now, right where you're at. Just have church, right in your, your little seat and move on. Someone say move on in Jesus' name. Amen. Because y'all, y'all, know, y'all know that the real answer is in the big house, right? It's in the big house. As the rivers of water, God controls it any way he wants. We are like clay in his hand. Anyone thinking movie Ghost here? Anybody remember that movie? You remember that, don't you? Yep. You didn't admit it, but you remember it. And so he, say, he says this, and if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil, hey, this is a warning for us. But then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. So if America wants God to bless us, then America needs to stay blessable. Y'all can do better than that. I'm preaching better than you're talking back to me. I'm preaching better than you're talking back to me. Help me out. There's not a dead church. You left that church. That's why you're at this church. You left that church. Let's have a little excitement in the house. Amen. Are you having fun yet? I'm having fun. Here is something I have for you today. It's an equation. I thought, you know what? Why not talk to the mathematicians? Why not make the scientists happy today? I got a little something, something for you today, and I'm ready. Are you ready? You want to look at this? Put it up on the screens. Here it is. Here it is. Ready? Clay on a wheel. Say it with me. Clay on a wheel. Plus spin. Plus the potter. Now, what's the potter? That's the touch of the master's hand. By the way, I'm not the potter. <laughs> You're going to see in a minute. I'm not the potter. You'd be glad I'm not the potter. You say, that's my pastor, but thank God my pastor ain't my potter. That's a good, that's a good word right there. Because I really don't know what I'm doing. This is the first day I sat down at this thing. I just look like I know what I'm doing, but I really don't. But the potter knows. So clay on a wheel plus spin plus the potter equals a valuable vessel. And that's exactly what God has in mind when he thinks about you. Is a valuable vessel. Well, I want to introduce my friend Stephanie. Y'all were thinking I was talking to my wife, but I wasn't. That's her name. Um, but it's also my friend Stephanie. Would you come on out and join us today? It's good to have you here. Come on out. Let's give, let's give Stephanie a hand. Thanks for being here so much. You know, her gift is doing this. This is not my gift. I'm going to prove to you. Here's the message today. I'm not the potter. You're going to walk away. So that's a cool prop. I'm glad he's not my potter. Um, but you do this. And in fact, you do this at Navarre High. You do this at Navarre High School. You're one of the art teachers there. And uh, so you get paid to create art. And, uh, you know, when we talk about the potter, God is the master artist. He's the artiste. Right? That's who he is. You maybe have seen some of his work. Maybe you saw a sunrise that took your breath away. Mm. Insert that song from Top Gun. Take, take my breath away right there. Maybe you've seen a sunset and you were just thinking of the beauty and whoever was next to you and God was thinking of your beauty. Ooh, that was good. Y'all are blessed. The first gathering didn't get that. Yeah, y'all are blessed. Y'all are blessed to be here when you, God blesses those that like to sleep in and come later. Amen. 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 But God is the potter. And I want to tell you today that God's hand on you, God's hand on you is more important than others' opinions about you. God's hand on you is more important than others' opinions about you. They say you don't measure up. You begin to think you don't measure up. But God's hand is on you. And that's all that matters. Because God's still working on you. God's still working on me. You see, God is the potter and he makes the clay. But here's what I know about him. He chooses the clay. That was a message last week. That's intentional. Do you like that? We talk about chosen, right, in this series, that, that we are chosen. God chose you. He not only made you, but then he took it to a whole nother level. He not only made you, he chose you. He chose you to be. I just dropped that mic out of my back pocket. How about that? He, he chose you. To be the center of his attention. That's what God did. The potter is in control. The potter is in control. He controls a lot. He controls the water. By the way, water in the Bible is a picture of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. His hand, the unseen hand, the everlasting hand is on you. It's totally, in fact, not, I'll let you talk to it in a minute. That's good. I'm going to let you talk about that, Stephanie. But his hand is on us. He's in control. He's in control. Over here I have a pedal. Guys, we know what pedals are, don't we? Some of you ladies know what a pedal is. We, that pedal was there to be stepped on, maxed, pressed down. 
I mean, pedal to the metal, right? That's what it's about. Look at this. I know. We made a mess last time. It may happen again. But I'm just warning you. You didn't get warm last time, Stephanie, but it may happen again. So I control this, and this pedal controls the wheel or the spin zone. It controls the speed. God is in control of your life. He is in control. And he knows what he's doing. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But God knows what he's doing. And God knows how and when to break the clay and when to start over. He knows when to break the clay and say, nope, that's not what I wanted. I'm going to start over. And sometimes the clay, the clay, right? The clay has to have pressure applied. Sometimes, like last gathering, I slammed it down. And it was awesome. I was so excited about it, just being able to drop it. I mean, it was bam. I was like, yeah. And then I looked, and it was off to the side. And Stephanie said, throw it in the middle. You want it to stay in the center. You want to stay in the center because that's where the potter's attention is going to be. That's where the potter wants the clay is right on center. And so he knows how to shape you, and he knows how to reshape you. Someone say, God's still working on me. And he knows how to make vessels out of victims. You see, if you're a victim, you have a victim mentality, and we all get there from time to time. You know one of the greatest sins that we struggle with? One of the greatest sins we struggle with is the sin of self-pity. We just like to feel sorry for ourselves. I can tell my kids not to pout. I can sing them a song. Pow, 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 I'll never pout again. And I put out my poochie lip, and I do it like this. Pow, 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 I'll never pout again. Since Jesus has come in. And I sing this great song that they hate when, when they start pouting. <laughs> and it's my secret weapon. So they get out of the pout. But you know what? As an adult, you know what I know? Brother knows how to pout. Do you know how to pout? We love us some self-pity, don't we? But you know what? If you stay in the mire of self-pity, you'll never be the clay that God made you to be. You'll never become the vessel of honor that God chose you to become. So you got to get out of it. It happened yesterday. Forget it. Move on. The devil is a liar. The devil is an accuser. He loves to bring guilt and shame. God doesn't work that way. God brings conviction. And God brings grace. And truly, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. Aren't you thankful that he's a good potter? I'm thankful for that. So thankful for my potter. Not only that about the potter, but he alone knows what he's making. And he isn't in a hurry, but the potter is always on a mission. He's not in a hurry. Uh, God doesn't operate in time like we do. We live life in a hurry, right? It's not good for us. One of the best things we could do is slow down downshift, slow down. When life becomes complicated, slow it down. There's more power sometimes when you downshift. Trust me, I have a six-speed. When you downshift, you drop into fourth, there's some power there. So it's okay. God knows, alone God knows what he's making, and he's not in a hurry, but he is on a mission, and, and, and he has the touch, the touch of the master's hand. And God is more interested in the character of the vessel than the comfort of the clay. He's more interested in the character. That's why he brings the spin into it. So he's more interested in the character of that vessel than he is the comfort of the clay. Now, Stephanie, you do this. Tell us just a little bit. Give us just add a little value here. Talking to us about the potter from the potter's perspective. What would you say? Well, the potter, when he's on that wheel, there he is centered. The posture is straight up. All attention is center and over the clay. It's not at an angle, looking at it from a distance. Everything, if I was at the wheel, that clay and what I'm working on is right here. My shoulders, my arms are in. I am focused. Both hands are on it. And I'm not looking anywhere else. So what you're saying is the clay has the full attention of the potter. And if I heard you, she's helped me preach better today. I'm going to try to bring her back next week. She's not busy. Um, what, what you're telling me is that the potter is not off at a distance, distracted, but the potter is actually leaning in to the clay, and his total focus is on the clay. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. And you told me, Stephanie, that you, you take your elbow, you lock it into your leg right here, and then you lock your leg into the wheel, 
And then the secret is to have a steady hand. Yes. Is that your, right? Your hand is, your body is always stable. Yes. And it's always locked. Yes. And, and even the wrist. You told me to lock in my wrist. Now, my wrist isn't really what you would say locked in, <laughs> is no. it? So, so I'm not getting an A. Is that what you're telling I'm not getting an A right now. But, but it's starting to be smooth. It's starting to look a little better than it did when I threw it on here. Just trust me on this one. It's looking better. We're wanting centered, not that's, smooth. That's right. Okay, see that. See that. I'm, aren't you glad I'm not your potter? Aren't you glad about that? Because I think that we want it smooth, but the potter knows better. The potter says it's not about how smooth it is. It's about how centered it is. My God, I feel like I'm in church. I give you an elbow on that one. That one was good. That one was good. All right. I found a new backup, Ray. You're in trouble. The potter. Let's talk about the clay. Isaiah 29, by the way, and Jeremiah 18 are companion text. As I said earlier, now in Isaiah, we're going to read about the clay. We're going to get the clay's take on this the clay the clay likes it to be smooth but the potter likes it to be centered listen to this isaiah 29 16 how foolish can you be you know what i know the clay can be foolish the clay can act foolish by the way who's the clay i'm the clay who's the clay i'm the clay how foolish can you be he God is the potter, and he is certainly greater than you, the clay. Should the created thing say to the one who made it, he didn't make me? Does a jar ever say, the potter who made me is stupid? No, the potter, or excuse me, the clay doesn't have the right to say. The clay doesn't get to say. It would be like a house a house saying the builder that built me is stupid. No, that doesn't happen. The house reflects the glory of the builder. A book never gets to talk against his author. Talk about what an idiot the author was. No, the book only says what the author says. And the clay, our job is just to remain in the hands of the potter and to stay centered. Here's what I know about the clay. The clay is chosen it can be foolish. Sometimes the clay can complain. Well, this clay is not going to talk, but we're the clay, and we talk, and we complain, and we question. We, why Jesus? And if God loved me, then this. I've seen so many people that things in life happen to them as if, as if they think God did everything bad to them, like there really isn't a devil that hates you, and, and they get angry at God. And may, maybe you've been there before. I certainly have. And then we stray as the clay from God having his way, and that's moving us to the center because we're just over it. We're over it. We're done with the potter. But I know that the clay can complain. The clay can question the potter. That was Mary and Martha. Remember when Lazarus died and they said, Jesus, if you would have been here. They're talking to the creator. They're talking to one that knows every number of Lazarus hair on his head, let alone his body. They're talking to the one that allowed it to happen so that they could understand he is not only alive, but he has power over death. They would need that truth a little bit later. So Jesus let that happen so that they could see him call Lazarus back to life again. Sometimes God lets something die so he can remind us who is the resurrection king. You think it's over. It ain't over. Death ain't got nothing on Jesus. He said, leave me alone. Today's day three, and I'm fixing to get up. Just wanted to give you an FYI. Put that, put that in your pipe and smoke it, death. I'm up, and I'm out of here. And the clay doesn't get its say. It doesn't get its way. And the clay doesn't have... Control over the potter, and the clay doesn't have control over the spin. The potter's foot controls the spin. And it takes all three. It takes the potter, it takes clay, and it takes spin to win. Now, maybe you're here today, and you think that you're through with the potter, but I got great news with you. The potter ain't through with you. In fact, what you told me earlier is that the potter always has both hands on the clay. Both hands, both hands. Tell us just something about the clay. What else about the clay? What would you say about the clay? 
dead body can be made of all different kinds of materials. And there is such a variety out there to build the clay and hand build it. This is bag clay, but normally the potter will oh, make this clay. And then, <laughs> and then when the potter is I'm working, proud of this. We're moving somewhere now. A volcano. Uh, a volcano. Okay. <laughs> I'm simple. I didn't say I didn't say it was exquisite. I'm just simple, but that's what we were trying to get to right there. That's my ADD kicking in. <laughs> volcano. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The clay. I'll behave. So the clay, when you're making, the potter is making a vessel on the clay, his mm -hmm. hands will be on the inside molding and the outside together. So both are important, what God is doing on the inside and on the outside. Somebody say, preach. So if I'm tracking with you, Stephanie, God doesn't just work on the outside in. God oftentimes also always works from the inside out. Isn't that After good? we center, the next thing is opening. Is opening. Now, that's huge. I'm going to be honest with you. We do something here called life groups, but we don't call them life groups. We call them community groups. That was a, a miss I was hoping y'all didn't catch. <laughs> when I was a pastor in Tampa, we called them life groups. I was a pastor of life groups because that's where life happens. Here we call them community groups because we are a community of Jesus followers who together are like this unstoppable force for good driven to change the world. And one of the reasons why people don't get in community group is because they're scared of being open. And so they have this fear about if I join a community group, they like me from a distance, they might not like me up close. And we're scared to open up to God. But the cool thing about God is God, God already knows the truth. So you can't say anything that makes him blush. He heard you say it the first time. God already knows. He knows. The best thing you can do is just be real with God. I learned a long time ago by my pastor, who's my father. He's here and on our staff. Pa pastor, pastor Dad. Dad taught me. He taught me that God is near us. And he taught me that the best way to live is open before the Lord, like this. But because of sin, sin always leads to shame, and like Adam and Eve of old, we run away and we hide. And we're scared of community, right? Like I believe doing life together, I believe community groups is the best context for life change. So when I'm around others, Iron can sharpen iron, but when I'm failing and in a bad place, they can hold me up. As a pastor of this church, there have been times in the last year, especially the last six, eight months, where I opened up to my community group about just being in a, being in a weak place where I just felt so weak and I just needed God so bad. And that's a great place to be. And if you don't have people in your life that you can be real with, then I would suggest that you will never really heal until you get real. And I love the fact that God not only works on the outside, but God is also interested in the inside. I love that. You see, here's what I know, and we'll move to the spin and be done. But God is still working on me. And it is the combination of the spinning and the touch that forms the vessel. You see, if I just had touch, and take my foot off, if I just had touch without the spinning, that would leave a hole. And if I had spinning without, if I had spinning without the touch, this would remain useless and formless. So it takes the spinning and the touch. And the spinning is the will that God uses to make me. The will is, or the spinning is the will that God uses. In other words, it's God's will. It's God's will that he uses to make us. Are you with me? And he's still working on me. Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know, there's some more certainty, I like that. And we know, that God causes everything to work together for good and for the good of those who love God 
and are called according to his purpose for them. It's the potter's purpose and his will for the clay. Three things I want to give you about the spin zone. Number one, the spin zone is where God shapes us. This is where God shapes our faith. See, if God never tests your faith, you'll never have a testimony. You don't get a testimony without a test. Do you know the Lord put on my heart today to bring a book? That book is from Pastor Levi Lusco. He's speaking at my church um, previously, and my pastor, Brad White, in Tampa, Florida. He's speaking there today. And the Lord allowed his daughter to die at a very young age. And it was out of that pain that God lit a flame in this preacher, and now he's traveling internationally and speaking anywhere and everywhere. He's a pastor, but God has said, I'm going to slap him right down in the middle of things. And I'm going to take him, I'm going to use this test to give him a better testimony so he can help others. See, what God wants to do is leverage our misery to become our ministry. And I just got this book, and I brought it. It was so new, I didn't even write my name in it. And today, I met these three sweet ladies, and one of them just lost a husband a month ago. And it's fresh. And that's the spin. That's where it hurts. That's where life seems like it's just spinning out of control. It's when it gets messy. It's the spin zone. It's the spin zone is where it gets messy. But could I tell you today that the spin zone is the end zone? Because the spin zone is where God shapes us, where he shapes our faith. It's where he shapes us. So don't run from the spin zone. The spin zone, number two, is not only where God shapes us, the spin zone is where God breaks us. We read in scripture where the potter sometimes knows when to start over, to break it, start over again. The spin zone is where God breaks us. And listen, none of us want to be broken. But it is, God only uses sons and daughters that have been broken. Otherwise, they will reek of ego. God uses broken things to reach other broken things. You see, broken things, that's what, how the light shines through. So the spin zone is where not, God not only shapes us, but where God breaks us. And when God breaks you, you will know it. You never say, I, I wonder if this is... No, no, when God breaks you, you'll know you're broken. And the best thing you can do is bow broken before the Lord, your potter. It doesn't take all the pain away. It is just a better place to be. Because in the hands of the potter, broken or unbroken, you know he has control of your life. And there are no accidents with God. God never says oops. God never says whoops. God never says crap. I do. God doesn't. You do. God doesn't. God does all things well. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. It is his nature. He can never be anything but good. Because all things are not good, but all things are working together for our good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You were made. I was made for his purpose. I was not made for my purpose. I was not made for my glory. I was made for his glory. So here's what God maybe would have his people here today. Quit trying to measure up. Because I didn't make you to measure up. I made you my masterpiece. And I didn't make you to measure up to him or to her or to another high schooler or to another ball player. I didn't measure you up to another mother. I didn't measure you up to another uh, businessman. No, I made you an original. I made you an orig original. And, and my plan for your life is going to be awesome. It might not be smooth, but it's going to be right on center. 
And I'm going to be able to use you as a vessel of honor. That's what God says to his people today. The spin zone is not only where God makes us or shapes us rather, but where God breaks us. And he only breaks us to make us better. But lastly, number three, the spin zone is where God makes us. And he did not create us to measure up. He created us for his glory. He created us so that when he was done, like creation, God says, it is good. It's all good. By the way, that's what he said after he created the world. He rested on the seventh day and he said, it's good. It's good. Now, I cut grass. I cut our yard, and our yard is needing some time, love, and some tenderness. And uh, when I work with the grass, I, I like to um, I like it to look nice. And um, I like when I'm done, I go out in the road and I look at my yard and I'll take it all in. Got to have the edging because without the edging, it doesn't look nice. Anyone can cut it without the edging. If you don't weed eat, anyone can do that. But to get it just nice, it's a little recovering perfection. Perfection. Ism in me, perfectionist. And, and I like to look at it and it's like, that's right. I don't like it when things aren't right. When I walk in the house and a picture's crooked, you know, it's maybe a kid is hit it or this or that. I, I got to fix it. It screams at me, fix me now. You know, that's just me. God's in the fixing business. God knows what he's doing with you. Good news today, church. Both his hands are on you. And clay on a wheel plus spin plus the potter equals a valuable vessel what i'm trying to tell you today is god is still working on me and god is still working on you what would you say about the spinning you were thinking something in cutting your lawn that i was thinking about on the clay talk to me about that it has to be cut sometimes also things have to be cut off to make it right as it's being what are you doing next Sunday? <laughs> we gotta, we gotta go. No, I'm gonna, right now, we gotta go ahead and get it. What are you doing next Sunday? Talk to me. So, as it's getting pulled, and talk to me here. After opening, and I start to pull mm. up the wall, mm-hmm. sometimes there's irregularities. There's things that has happened that need to be fixed. And the only way to fix it is to cut it off. And you thought that divorce was meant to hurt you. You thought. That that was game over. And Jesus said, no, it's beginning. It's beginning again. You thought losing your loved one was a message that God didn't love you. And it's a message that God's hand is still on you. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Last gathering, I put the water on the wheel and I stepped on the pedal. (coughs) It got messy. Really quick. Some water and some clay kind of sprayed me, sprayed Stephanie. Everyone laughed. It was kind of funny. I didn't mean to do it, but it was perfect. Sometimes those are the best moments. It got messy real fast. You know what? The spin zone is where it gets messy. But the spin zone is the end zone. It's where God chose you and I to be. The spin zone. I'm sure the word of God spoke to some hearts today. Maybe like Jonah of old, you've been running from the potter. You've been running from God. You're like, I'm done with the potter. And like Jonah of old, God proved to Jonah who was running from him because he didn't want God to spare a nation. He didn't want God to rescue these really, really bad people. They had killed so many people. Think ISIS here. It would be like a a revival breaking out in ISIS and all this. No, no, no. They deserve death. They've done death. That's where Jonah was. That's how Jonah felt. And God said, well, even in your running from the potter, don't forget Who's the potter? I'm the potter. Who's the clay? You're the clay. Who's going to get his way at the end of the day? I am, says the potter. And God followed Jonah in that boat all the way, far from God's will. And God was still there. 
And God used a disobedient preacher to still rescue people on a boat that might not have been rescued. See, the potter knows how to shape, how to remake, and how to break. And the clay just needs to stay the clay and remain in the potter's hands. And the clay needs just to be in the hands of the potter. That's where we need to be. That's our best place. That's your safest place. The safest place is not here or there. Sometimes we send missionaries and we're like, oh, they're going there. We have missionary in China. And, oh, man. And, no, no, no. The safest place to be is in God's will because you're in God's hands. And I believe there are Christians here today that you've been angry. You've been the angry clay. You've been angry at the potter. You didn't like how the potter, maybe you maybe, maybe got a little self-body, a negative a body image going on and you don't like how you are made. You wish you were taller. You wish you were shorter. You're white and you're trying to get tan. So you go, you want to look more tan. You're black. You put powder on trying to look more white. You, right? People change all that. I want to be something that. No, 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 no. No, no. You just be who you are. God made you a masterpiece. And he's still working on you. He's still working on you. He's still working on you. His hands are on you. You have his undivided attention. He's up to the spin zone. He's leaning in. You have his full attention. His focus is on you. The masterpiece. The master is making a masterpiece out of the clay. And so maybe you just need to say today, God, forgive me. I'm just the clay. You're the potter. And I've been angry at you. And I've been bitter at you. And I've been running hard, far, and long from you because I didn't like what you were doing. But we learned today that the clay doesn't get its way, doesn't get its say, has no control over the spin or the potter. The clay just needs to remain in the potter's hands. And you say, that's me. And I, I got some changing to do. I need to apologize. I need to repent. I need to get up and move forward. Because I'm in the best place I could be. I'm in the hands. Listen, you may have left him, but he ain't never left you. Never left you. You say, where's God? There's God holding you together. Leaning in. Focused. We are the object of his love. And it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Some people here today say, that message was for me, Pastor Tim. Would you raise your hand to God? Would you raise it up all over this room right now? You'd raise up. I'm raising up my dirty hand. Remind me I'm clay. We're clay. You'd raise it up to God. My hand is in the air. And God, we just want to tell you today that we want you to have your way, that you are the potter. You're the great potter. You're the awesome potter. You are the potter, and we're just the clay. So forgive us today for the things that we say. Forgive us for the times we want our own way because we remember we're just the clay, and we just need to remain in you, and we need to open up to you, and we need to let you form us and shape us and make us and remake us to be all that you created us to be. So it's with outstretched arms and open hearts and joyful reception that we say have your way today with your clay. That's what we pray. And all God's people say, amen, amen, with heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to ask you, are you here today and you've never accepted the gift of the potter? You've, you've never realized that there's someone greater than you? You're not an accident. You didn't come from a monkey. You didn't come from an explosion, just FYI. You disagree, but you can be wrong. God made you and formed you in your mother's stomach for his glory. He created you. Your days are numbered, but your days are also shaped. In other words, I'm telling you today, he chose you. He chose you. You're chosen. You're here today, not by accident. Maybe it's your first time and you thought, this is crazy. This is right what I'm going through. <laughs> That's the potter. That's how the potter works. That's how the potter works. That's my potter. Is he your potter? If he's not, then you just need to realize that he is God and you're not. He's the potter. You're not the potter. You're just the clay. I think we got that a point across. And the clay, the value of the clay comes from the master's hand and from the spinning of the wheel. And so it is that God loves you. You're creating his image. You're made valuable. God created you in his image. And God died. That was Jesus on the cross. 
to redeem us, to bring us back to life. Jesus, who never sinned, became my mess. So there was a miracle maker that moved to my mess. He moved to your mess. He became a sinful mess. And God punished him who knew no sin so that God could set you and me free. Because sin must be punished. So Jesus paid it all. All in full. He paid your sin mortgage. And the only way you get to heaven, listen to me today. Because there is a spirit of religion. That's why there's a lot of religions. Because there's a demon and he loves to control all these different religions that tell you what the Bible never said. And that is if, if you do this, if you do that, if you do this, if you do that. This, this, do, do, and it's just a bunch of do, do. And it all is the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. It's crap. It's D-O. But you can never do enough to get to God because you never did enough for God to get to you. God came to you so he could say D-O-N-E. Done. It's over, baby. It's finished. To tell us die. The race has been run. The race has been won. Hallelujah. No wonder people call him the Savior. No wonder. No wonder. China Christians are worshiping right now saying he's the Savior. Because he paid it all. So all to him I owe. I just need to surrender and open up to the potter. Some of you need to do it today. You've been trying for years. You've been trying. You've been crying. You're scared of dying because you're not sure if your good will outweigh your bad. And God never said that in the word. That's the enemy. What he said was, you can never be good enough. But my goodness can forgive you. And my goodness can heal you. And my goodness can bring you back to life. I am the resurrection and the life. Though you were dead, yet you will live again. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come to stick his finger in your face and tell you every place you missed it. He came to open arms to say, come on, get on my back and I'll lead you home. My God. So let... Let the enemy be proven a liar. That religion is not his way. It is a relationship with Jesus. It is transferring your trust in trusting in yourself, your goodness, your good works, being a part of this church, that church. It don't matter. Coming to momentum doesn't make you a Christian. You can be here day one till Jesus comes back. That don't get you into heaven. The only way to heaven is by the cross. It's kneeling at the cross. It's saying, here I am, and I need you to do for me what I can never do for myself. And so I open up and I receive a gift I can never earn. My God, I feel you, Jesus. Someone here today needs to lay down the burden of religion and pick up the gift of grace. It's his grace that saves us. He chose you. He called you. He moved towards you. Open up to him and receive forgiveness, and your eyes will be opened. And all of a sudden, you'll realize you've been made brand new. And if that's you today, you need him. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to lead us in a prayer where you can just go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. Scripture says, if you'll confess Jesus is Lord, that means you're not God. It means no one is God, but God is God. God is God. He's true. Let every man be proven a liar. God is true. And you just say, Jesus, I believe you're Lord. And I believe you died for me, rose again for me. I believe you rose again for me. And I accept it. I accept the good news of Jesus. You can do it right now. Would you repeat after me? Would you pray with me and you say, Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I've been trying it my own way. Doing my own thing. Trying to earn my way. But I received the good news today. You paid it all. So here I am. Just as I am. Thank you for loving me. I accept your love and all that comes with it. Thank you for rising again on the third day to give me life. I receive your life. I give you my life. Now teach me, Jesus, how to live. If you pray that today, your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Old things are gone. 
All things have become new. You are brand new. You are washed. You are washed with the blood of Jesus. You are made new. You have been made right with God. Listen, there is now no more condemnation on you. You have been set free. And he who is free is free indeed. And if you're free, you ought to let people know today with heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. On the count of three, you raise your hand to say, I'm free, I'm free indeed. Today, I transferred my trust from my account to his account. It's all on Jesus. How do I get into heaven? Jesus. Why am I going to heaven? Jesus. If they ask me why I should be let in, what am I going to tell them? Jesus. It's the only key. It's the only key. Jesus is the way. A real relationship with him. If you did that today, in the name of Jesus, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to raise your hand right now. Hold it up high. We will not embarrass you. We will celebrate you. My God, give him glory on the count of three. One, two, three. Hold it up. Hold it up. There's a hand there. There's a hand there and a hand there and a hand there. There's a hand there and a hand there and a hand there and a hand there and a hand there. Who else? Who else? Give God the glory, church. Give Him the glory.